leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yay Networks. This week on the Evil Lawyer's Guide to Life. These parents that tried to go in and save their own kids, they, some of them had arms. Some of them were able to do what the Second Amendment was designed to do, to protect us when the government won't and protect us from the government that won't. And yet they end up in handcuffs and have to stand there. Can you imagine being a parent, knowing your kid, knowing that your daughter, Jacqueline Cesares, is in there being murdered in this attack and being outside and held by the police who are standing around doing nothing? Could you imagine standing there in handcuffs in the hot Texas sun and hearing that gunshots one after another after another, and watching those police officers, watching the people charged with protecting your children stand there and do nothing. Can you imagine the pain? Because I can't. I can't fathom that level of pain. I can't fathom the level of apathy of these officers who refuse to go in there and help these children. I can't fathom it. Welcome to the Evil Lawyer's Guide to Life. I am the Evil Lawyer, and you are not. And today we are back in Uvalde. I believe this is our fourth show on Uvalde. And you know why we keep doing shows on Uvalde? Because you guys need to know, and the story keeps changing. You can find us on Facebook temporarily. Yeah, you never know, Mark. You never know with Mark. Every 15 minutes, he's banning people again that I don't even know what his politics are. Is he even a real boy? You can find us on Facebook at Evil Lawyer's Guide. You can find us on Twitter at Evil Lawyer. They took away my S. Guide. Yeah, I know. I got the emails and the tweets. and Yeah, I need to tweet more. I will. I promise. I'll put it on my list. And as always, you can find us and talk to me directly on www.evillawyersguide.com. Now hosted offshore, so they quit taking down my pictures of the Uvalde shooter wearing full glam makeup because the two and hundred thousand people trans community now runs the whole freaking planet, apparently. When this shooting occurred, we were able to get the official timeline straight off the dispatch through a thank you very much friend of mine, and we read it to you. And I think it's time that we review that just a little bit, um, along with some information that has been prized out of the uh, law enforcement in Uvalde. And... Um, explain what we now know, why we may never know, and what this all points to. Last week's show we discussed, uh, we've always discussed it, but we really spent a lot of time discussing, and you might want to go back and listen to it, the money trail or the absence of a money trail and the absence of 
a criminal history. And as a matter of fact, that Salvador Ramos, or Sally as I'd like to call him, after seeing the pictures that keep taken down off the internet, Sally there um, just kind of appeared out of nowhere in the fall of 2021. He just sort of popped up, and the last known residence for him was all the way up on the Canadian border in North Dakota, um, which we tied in with his use of Yubo, a French uh, social media page that no one's ever heard of, unless you're 50 million French Canadians and French people in general. Not that there's anything wrong with you, but I actually went over and looked at it. It looks kind of cool. It's um, obviously for people who are a lot younger than me, but, eh, you know. Um, and I did take a little French, uh, parlez-vous français. So, anyway, we discussed all that last week. You might want to go back and listen to that show, especially if you like Alex Jones. Yeah, it, was that my, fa- it was almost like half Fauci, half Jones voice. Anyway, none of my impressions have been approved by the uh, Biden Committee on Media Excellence and Truth, henceforth known as the Ministry of Lies. Did you see Biden fall off his bike the other day? (laughs) Yeah, they need to get him a tricycle. They really do. They need to get him a tricycle. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to run through. Let's run through. I spent about a half an hour on this timeline. Uh, three shows ago, our first show that we did immediately after the shooting because I was fortunate enough to get this information. But we're going to run through it really quick. At 11.28, uh, Sally Sally crashed his truck into the ditch in front of the school. And by 12.50, wow, that's a long time, isn't it? By 12.50, the officers finally breached the door where he was in the classroom Killing kids, allegedly, uh, using keys they got from the janitor. The school resource officer was AWOL. The janitor was probably there the whole time. So this BS that they're trying to hand you that, eh, we couldn't get in, we didn't have any keys. Really? You know who has keys to a school? The janitor, the other janitor, the other janitor, the principal, the assistant principal, Half the teachers, everybody has keys. So this, we couldn't get in because we didn't have keys. It just doesn't wash. I mean, law enforcement and state officials have struggled to present an accurate timeline and details and have simply said, we're just not going to talk about it anymore. They've stopped releasing information about the police response. But we have the information about the police response, so let's hit this in a hurry uh, for those of you who have already heard this on the first show we did on Uvalde, well, it's been a month. Maybe you forgot some of it. At 11.27, allegedly, a teacher propped open an exterior door. Now, we discussed the change in the story and everything. The teacher now claims that, yeah, she propped open the door, but she just bravely ran and kicked that rock out from under that door when she saw this kid shooting at the funeral home. And I just, I've looked at the drawings, uh, not the drawings, the pictures of the school. And one of the things that I learned when I was doing criminal defense law is just because someone claims they have x-ray vision 
doesn't mean they have x-ray vision. People are always saying they saw things that they couldn't possibly have seen. And from where she was at that door, I really question whether she could have seen anything and possibly even heard anything that was going on at the funeral home. Yeah, rifles are loud, but they sound like a lot of other things. And there's always been kind of a, you know, it's kind of a runny gag, you know. You can shoot once pretty much anywhere and get away with it. Because people are going to be like, oh, well, that was obviously, that was a backfire or a car to blow out or, you know, someone dropped something. <laughs> you know, people will, people, because they don't want to think it's a shooting, you know, so people automatically go to their frame of reference. And believe it or not, even in Texas, even in Texas, where everybody walks around armed to the teeth, at least if you believe what people in the mainstream media say, um, there are people who don't know what a gunfire sounds like. And you can probably get away with two shots because people on that second shell will be like, oh, well, obviously that was another backfire. Yeah, three or more or 16. Then, uh, yeah, everybody knows that that's somebody firing a weapon. So I really don't believe her response. Now, she is now engaged in a $1 billion lawsuit against the, um, against the lockmaker. No, wait, not against the lockmaker of the lock that she alleges didn't function properly and let the guy into the school. No, no, she's suing the, uh, the gun manufacturer. Because if a door is opened by a criminal because the lock didn't function, allegedly, that is not the fault of the lock company, but the fault of the company that made the weapon the criminal was carrying. As we've said many times, two weapons he could have never afforded and it would have never been available in a small town gun store in Uvalde, Texas. This thing's got someone like super villain George Soros written all over it. Guy ends up, starts off at the Canadian border, ends up on the Mexican border. And the person who told me that Uvalde is not on the Mexican border, if you're within 75 miles, you're on the Mexican border. All right. Ask anybody who lives along that stretch of South Texas, whether they feel more like they're in the United States or not. It's close enough. They have all the same problems as towns who are closer to the Mexican border and all the same benefits. Cheap piñatas, terrific Mexican food, beautiful women. But back to the timeline. 11.28, teacher runs to room 32 to try and get a phone and runs back to the door. The door is left open. Now, she says that she closed it. She heard the gunfire close the door. But... Well, we know he walked right in the door. So apparently, these missing keys that could that the cops were trying to find to get into the classroom, allegedly, um, weren't needed to get into the building because it wasn't locked. Why isn't as an attorney, I can I cannot look at this and say the only reason they're not suing the lock company is because that lock works perfectly, and they know if they sued the lock company. The lock company engineers are going to come in. They're going to disassemble that lock. They're going to have 
28 glossy pictures, you know, in court on the wall of that lock and how it works perfectly. And they're going to have nine experts testify that there was nothing wrong with that lock. And that teacher's going to be standing there who claims now that she kicked the rock out of the way and everything else. And the one who's suing the gun manufacturer, Daniel Defense, is going to be standing there with her whatever in her hand and her lawyer too. And that's why, in my opinion, as an attorney, I've only been doing this for 25 years. They're not suing the lock company because there was nothing wrong with it. Either someone negligently set it or on purposely set it so that it wouldn't lock or it functioned just fine. The door was propped open. Like all the initial reports, the door was propped open. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, I'm trying not to get sued today. Okay. So from 11.28 until uh, 11.33, all the shots were outside the school. So that's, that's five minutes of constant gunfire. And the school resource officer, uh, still AWOL, don't know where he is. Don't know where he is. At 11.33, the suspect enters the school. At 11.33, he goes into room 111 or 112, um, I believe it was 112, at the time that this report came out, this accurate report, they didn't know, and fires more than 100 rounds. That ain't no backfire. I don't care if you've got the burble tune on your Audi R8, anybody is going to know the difference between that sound, yeah, I've been looking at cars again, and 100 rounds of gunfire. And then uh, at 11.37, uh, more gunfire. Three officers show up. And uh, two officers receive grazing wounds. We haven't heard from these guys who received the grazing wounds. So, uh, we don't really know. And apparently there were four more officers showed up at 11.35, and then all hell broke loose between 11.35 and 11.44 with several hundred more rounds being fired. And then two more officers arrive. And at 12.03, officers continue to arrive, and there are now as many as 19 officers at the school. And the guy's still popping off rounds in that classroom when the woman starts calling 911 over and over and over again, asking for help. At 12.15, members of Border Patrol Tactical Unit arrive and don't do anything. But however, at uh, 12.50, an off-duty Border Patrol guy getting his hair cut borrows his barber's shotgun, walks in there, and shoots this guy. This guy who, by the way, was wearing a... Uh, fake bulletproof vest. Apparently he didn't know enough to make sure that whoever bought his guns and his ticket and everything else and set this whole thing up, put him in a real bulletproof vest. Now between that time, we have a whole bunch more 911 calls and they are ignored. Now, there's your timeline. There's your official timeline from the day this happened. That was, I don't know how it came out, but it did, and now it's been suppressed again. 
Let's see if we can get it up on the website so you can just look at it yourself. So here's the excuses. Here's the excuses for why this was allowed to happen when there were police on scene. We were scared. We didn't want to get shot. Now, these guys have on body armor, and they have on they have AR-15s, and some of the AR-15s that officers carry have the fun button, full auto. There has been a rumor that um, Sally Ramos there had a uh, Hellfire trigger attached to one of his, but it's I think it's just a rumor and just another way to try and go after another manufacturer of firearm accessories. Hadn't seen anything that would indicate that that was true. A Hellfire is a legal way to pull on the trigger real fast so it kind of simulates full auto without all the pesky legislation around how much money it costs to get a fully automatic weapon legally in the United States. Second Amendment didn't say, by the way, you can have any guns except for the cool ones, but that's a different topic for a different show. We was afraid. Um, Then you've got uh, the... Uvalde police chief telling them to stand down, which he claims he didn't do and b- before he claimed he did. And they couldn't find their keys. Never mind the fact that, as I st- stated in the beginning of this show, there are several people on a school campus who have keys. And, um, you know, I don't know. And then there's the school resource officer who finally showed up and allegedly thought Sally Ramos was a teacher. Maybe it was the way he was dressed. Maybe it was the makeup. Why wouldn't he recognize, I brought this up in our first show, why wouldn't he recognize a teacher? The only way he wouldn't recognize a teacher, like he uh, also, there was another story that he stopped a teacher because he thought she was the shooter. So we've got two different stories about recognizing Sally Ramos and recognizing a teacher. The only reason a school resource officer wouldn't recognize a teacher is if that person wasn't a teacher or if they were new. But schools are tasked with making sure their resource officers know who is supposed to be in and out of the building. If it doesn't look like an elementary school kid and you don't recognize it, see, I'm not gendering. I said it, then you stop it. So we get back to the mystery teacher argument, which I went into in depth on the second show on this. And now we find out that uh, two Uvalde City police officers passed up a chance to shoot (laughs) Sally, (laughs) to to shoot Salvador Ramos, outside of the elementary school. There's a senior sheriff's deputy leaked this to the New York Times that basically while he was shooting at the funeral home, there were two Uvalde City police officers that just, I don't know, for some reason they didn't engage. They had AR-15 style rifles. May have had the fun button. We don't know. But they didn't engage. This was before the guy went into the school and killed all those kids. So think of it like this. You're a Uvalde police officer. You're sitting in your car, I don't know, having a donut. 
uh, with your partner, and you see this guy wreck a truck, get out of the truck. He's carrying two rifles and open fire on a funeral home across the street from a building full of children, and you do not engage. Does that make no sense to anybody else? I had a cop pull a gun on me one time because he thought I was somebody else when he pulled me over. Someone who has the same name, almost the same date of birth, who was wanted. And I wasn't waving a gun around in front of a school. I wasn't shooting at a funeral home. And I almost got shot over it. Couldn't get my hands up fast enough. It's when I was in college. But yet, we have two Uvalde City police officers just, I don't know, sitting around watching this guy. Hey, look over there, Bob. What's that? Not sure. Kind of looks like a chick. Not shooting at the funeral home right in front of the elementary school. So, uh, what are you doing this weekend? This was the second opportunity for someone to give Sally Ramos the dirt nap before he got into the school. There were two other officers that saw him... uh, going towards the school with his weapons after he shot at the funeral home and claimed they were afraid of hitting kids. But there weren't any kids out there. There were no children out there. The kids were all in the classrooms waiting to die. Never mind the fact that you could thread a needle with an AR-15, particularly if you're up on your qualifications. And if there's one thing I know about Texas cops, they know how to shoot. So I just really question... Um, why these officers didn't engage. And they're stating that they only had an opportunity of several seconds. I'm not going to make you listen to several seconds of uh, silence so that you know how long several seconds is. But why don't we do, just for prove a point, we're going to do three seconds of silence. Obviously, three seconds. I'm going to say that's going to be What's several? My definition of several has always been seven to nine. You know, seven to nine. So we're going to give you about one-third of how long these other officers had in their second attempt or their second opportunity to shoot Sally Ramos and make him take a dirt nap before he went into the school. You ready? We're going to do this. This is a third of several. Now, that's a bit of time. Multiply that by three, and a lot can happen in that time. (laughs) Ask John F. Kennedy. Now, Uvalde police officers have finally, finally, their officials have agreed to speak to the uh, Texas Legislature Investigating Committee trying to figure out what all this happened. They have finally said, okay, all right, we're going to cooperate. We're going to cooperate now. As Dustin Burroughs said, it took a bit longer than we expected. Really? That's the understatement of the decade. 
On Thursday, State Rep Burroughs signaled impatience with the Valley Police, tweeting that most people had fully cooperated with their investigation to help determine the facts, that he didn't understand why the city's police force would not want the same. He didn't say who Wolf is refusing to meet with the committee, just that officials they wanted to talk to were refusing to meet with the committee. Believe it or not, Uvalde police did not respond to any uh, messages seeking comment. And as a matter of fact, they have stopped providing updates about what they've learned about the shooting and the police response. The silence comes after the authorities gave all kinds of conflicting and incorrect accounts in the days after the shooting and withdrawing statements in the hours after making them. Now, the liberal media has tried to make a big deal out of this reporter that managed to snag Greg Abbott's notes uh, after the press conference on the day of the shooting. And to them, I say, you ought to be ashamed of yourselves. Of course, the facts have changed since those notes were written. I hate to defend Greg Abbott because I don't care for him. As a governor, I like him. As a human being, I don't. I had had dealings with him before he was governor. But he was writing down what he was being told, and he was making notes on everything that he knew. And as we know, all information on this case has been suppressed, partly because this uh, Salvador Ramos, Sally, was most likely trans, and their agenda is apparently so far-reaching that it actually matters more than the fact that we're on the verge of World War III, famines, Power, energy, oil, gas, everything else, all that matters is trans, 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 trans. You know, and that's the reason for that is because we're being distracted from what's actually going on and the fact that our country is being destroyed from within. But since I talk about that every week, let's get back to Uvalde. Burroughs actually defended the committee interviewing witnesses in private. Huh. Everything is being done in private and not revealing their findings so far as saying that its members want an accurate account before issuing a report. And here's what I ask, will they ever issue a report? And then Burroughs went on to say, one person's truth may be different from another person's truth. God, somebody run against this guy. He doesn't even include Pete Arredondo, the police chief responsible for that school in his witness list, and he talks about how that everybody has their own truth. No, everybody does not have their own truth. There is the truth, there is I don't know, and there's a whole big pile of lies. You have three choices. The truth, I don't know, lies. We're getting a whole lot more of I don't know and lies than we are truth. Now, if we didn't have this leaked dispatch report, we wouldn't have any truth at all. All we would have would be I don't knows and lies. What do we know now, though? We know. We know that the dispatch report is accurate. An Austin paper (laughs) interviews a 16-year-old boy who said that Ramos frequently made aggressive sexual comments to women and sent them death threats and even sent him a death threat. And the Austin paper, being Austin, of course, blames the patriarchy and the guns. 
the patriarchy, and the guns. Nobody ever says, wow, uh, maybe this kid was a plant. Or if he wasn't a plant, maybe he was mentally ill and confused because of the trans agenda in the media. Or maybe, let's see what drugs he was on. Let's see if he was one of the young men who has been put on SSRIs, which lead to 40% increases in homicidal, suicidal, and other harming behavior among young men under the age of 25. No, no. It's the patriarchy and bullying against the trans community. That's the problem. Oh, yeah, and guns. we got to get rid of guns. Beto's out there betoing his, his gun... Uh, on his soapbox about guns again. What do we know now? We know that a bunch of parents got, showed up when they, in small town, they heard what was going on, uh, urging the cops, screaming at them to get in there and do something. Go in there and do something. Juan Carranza saw the scene from outside his house, you know, and tried to get the officers to go in and said they did not go in. Well, they didn't. And they finally went in around, uh, oh, I don't know, almost an hour after uh, after he went through that open door. Javier Cesares, who's lost his daughter tragically in the attack, said he raced to the school while and the police were gathered outside the building. He was upset that the officers were not moving in and got a bunch of bystanders together and tried to charge the school themselves. And the police response was to arrest some of the people who were trying to go in and save their children in spite, in the face of the cops not doing anything. Put them in handcuffs to stop them from going into the school and doing the job the police wouldn't do. This is why we have a Second Amendment. This is why in this day and age of defunding the police, hamstringing the police, and not being able to even trust the police half the time to do their jobs anymore, and I'm not talking to, I know a lot of really honorable cops who would have been there and would have gone in there alone and taken this guy out. But I'm talking about... The fact that the left has so demoralized the police over the last two years that we now have a bunch of cops who just don't care. They would rather save their own asses. They didn't start out that way, but no one starts out being horrible and not caring about their job. They end up that way because of the way they're treated, because of the way they are ostracized from society because ACAB and Antifa and all of that these parents that tried to go in and save their own kids, they, some of them had arms. Some of them were able to do what the Second Amendment was designed to do, to protect us when the government won't and protect us from the government that won't. And yet they end up in handcuffs and have to stand there. Can you imagine being a parent, knowing your kid, knowing that your daughter, Jacqueline Cesares, is in there being murdered in this attack and being outside and held by the police who are standing around doing nothing? Could you imagine standing there in handcuffs in the hot Texas sun and hearing that gunshots one after another after another and watching those police officers, watching the people charged with protecting your children stand there and do nothing? Can you imagine the pain? Because I can't. I can't fathom that level of pain. I can't fathom the level of apathy of these officers who refuse to go in there and help these children. 
I can't fathom it. Of course, Peter Adondo, the chief, the guy who allegedly gave the stand-down order, the person who was at the top of all of this, is not even a police chief anymore. Now he's on the city council. And the first meeting, he didn't even show up. Seems to be a history of not showing up for Pete Arredondo. He's not going to show up to testify either. And we may never know the truth. You know why? Well, they won't release records under public information laws. They've been refusing to release records under public information laws, which means you have to sue to get the records. And then the response to the suit is always it's part of a... uh, It's part of an ongoing investigation. But there is a further loophole in Texas law that states that if someone is not charged and convicted, they don't ever have to release the records, period. Are they going to charge Sally Ramos posthumously and convict him? No. We may never know exactly what happened, but for leaks and people that dig like we do, and a couple of other shows do. Otherwise, we may never know. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate these podcasts. You can go to the upper left, right, bottom left, right corner of whatever. We're on everything. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, iTunes. We're on all of them. Give us a star rating. If you feel like it, sit down and write a rating. Send me an email. Let me know what you want to hear in future shows. We will continue to report on Uvalde until I run out of information or until we get some answers. Thanks. Oh, hashtag trust me, I'm a lawyer. Hashtag this is on purpose. Hashtag America last. Here's to the great American settlers. The millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, Hey, I'm no settler. I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. One night... One goal, stop suicide. On June 3rd, Washington, D.C. will host the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's Out of the Darkness Overnight Walk. For the last 20 years, people have described the overnight as one of the most powerful experiences of their lives. Now is the perfect time for you to join us as people from all over the country come together to send a message of love and hope. Walk over 16 miles from dusk till dawn to raise funds and awareness for suicide prevention. See the landmarks of Washington, D.C. by moonlight. Form lasting friendships, experience healing, and bring hope to those affected by suicide. Join us. Be a part of something extraordinary. June 3rd in Washington, D.C. Register today at theovernight.org or call 888-THE-OVERNIGHT. That's theovernight.org or 888 843-6837.